0: Welcome to Real World Talk, a podcast that brings together healthcare leaders to discuss the importance of real-world data in accelerating drug development and improving cancer care. Real World Talk is brought to you by CODA, a company that combines oncology expertise with advanced technology and analytics to create clarity from fragmented and often inaccessible real-world data. Welcome to this special year-end episode of Real World Talk with Coda. Today, I welcome our CEO, Mike Doyle, to talk about some of Coda's recent news and announcements. Mike, welcome to Real World Talk.
1: Emily, it's a pleasure to talk with you.
0: Excellent. November was a great month for Coda. The company made many important announcements that illustrate just how busy we've been in 2020. We announced an extended partnership with the FDA, a collaboration with Varian Medical Systems that includes an option to buy CODA, $34 million in new capital, the tripling of CODA's data access to over 1 million oncology patient records, and the doubling of our life sciences customers over the course of 2020. That's a lot. And I'd like to break it all down with you, Mike, starting with the FDA research collaboration. Can you explain CODA's history with the FDA and what the research will be focused on under this new collaboration agreement? Great question,
1: Emily. And thanks for your time today. Yeah. So we've been working with the FDA for quite a number of years, in fact, and did some groundbreaking work with them in looking at data surrounding breast cancer, various breast cancer studies, and have been working with them side by side to improve breast cancer regimens and cancer for some time. And we've really enjoyed our collaboration with the FDA. It's been very, very collegial. And then COVID hit. And Hackensack Meridian Healthcare, one of our partners in New Jersey, believe it or not, at the time had about 3,000 inpatient and had collected data on 3,000 patients all affected with COVID-19. I wouldn't describe it at wit's end, but very concerned about the efficacy of various drug regimens who are being given, and rightly so, to COVID-19 patients. At the same time, you had various spokespersons, including the president, who thought that the answer to all of this was a drug called hydroxychloroquine. And the president, in addition to other types of cures that he was suggesting, thought that this was absolutely the right miracle drug for COVID-19 patients. So we wanted to evaluate whether or not that was in fact true. So we analyzed 3,000 inpatients. And after quite some time, three or four weeks of analyzing the data, we came back and basically our conclusion was that hydroxychloroquine is not effective at all in an inpatient setting. And this was groundbreaking research that was being done at the time. We presented our findings to the FDA, along with other folks that were studying the same thing. And the FDA, who had originally given initial guidance for the safe use of hydroxychloroquine, reverse their guidance, and in fact, hydroxychloroquine could actually have an adverse effect for certain types of patients, including those with cardiac deficits. So that began this whole dialogue, redeploying our research efforts and clinical efforts and our data analysis efforts into helping look at different impacts of different drug regimen with regard to COVID-19. So then we continued along and continued to meet on a weekly basis, We were selected to join the Reagan Udall Foundation, the accelerator program with other like-minded organizations to study the effect of COVID-19 to help with potential drugs that might be effective in either reducing or eliminating it, certainly in an outpatient and or inpatient setting. So we're very proud of that work and did continue to present interesting findings along the way. As we continued to do that work, it became apparent to us and the FDA and other like-minded groups that there were so many people that had COVID-19 that, in fact, COVID-19 is probably going to have to be evaluated as a comorbidity in clinical trials going forward in oncology, just because it's been so probable. We began working with the FDA and looking at ways that we could actually include COVID-19 patients in clinical studies specifically oncology and we actually expanded our agreement with the FDA to include that pioneering work and we're very proud of that we'll continue to do that for some time.
0: I think You raise a good point. We've announced this new partnership with Varian. Varian Medical Systems has also secured an option to acquire CODA down the line, I think, in 2022. I'd like to know from your perspective, what did the two companies see in each other? How are we planning on working with them? And how will our collaboration with Varian ultimately benefit patients?
1: Generally, what we have done in our history is to evolve ourselves in partnerships with like-minded organizations, whether it be provider organizations or payer organizations, or even life science organizations. And so Varian is one of those companies. Varian has the patient at its center. They have focused on oncology. They're one of the leading providers of radiology, oncology services, as well as medical oncology services and equipment. And they have made it their mission to continue to provide the best care, best analytics, best software for, unfortunately, those that have developed cancer. What happened was we were in the process of raising our Series D, which is our fourth round of financing for those of you that may not know ABCD and the area of raising money. And Varian found out about this as we were talking about developing a commercial partnership with them. And they asked, after doing some diligence, whether or not they could participate. And we said, sure, if you want to participate, that'd be great. You're like-minded. There's probably some synergy that we could do together. So we began discussions about a commercial arrangement as well as an investment relationship with Varian. And the more we worked together, the more we started partnering together, the more they became intrigued by what we were doing and believe we're under something very big here. The idea of using real-world data, real-world evidence to support clinical studies for oncology patients with the FDA. What we do is actually greatly shorten the time from discovery. So then Varian said, well, this is terrific. We would like to lead the round. And I said, well, I'm not sure you can actually do that. Then they said, we like the company so much, we'd like to buy the company. And I said, you definitely can't do that right now. My investors, our investors would never allow that, given how well the company's doing and our trajectory for doing what we said we're going to do. So we, in fact, worked out a deal with them where they would provide us $20 million of non-dilutive capital in return for an option to buy the company. The option would begin in July of 22 and go through October of 22. And in doing so, we also entered into a commercial arrangement with them. And then, based on all of that good work we were doing, we finally completed our Series D and raised an additional almost $15 million, $14.5 million in our Series D capital. So now we've got this terrific partner in Varian. And then we've announced it. And she is so excited by this deal. It's amazing. Siemens has now come in and is going to potentially buy Varian in March or April timeframe, and that's going to be even more impressive. And now Coda is gonna have this incredible platform going forward with our partners, Varian and Siemens, to bring our technology throughout the world. So it's very exciting.
0: It's a great position to be in, for you to have someone as big as Varian, potentially soon to be acquired by Siemens Healthineers, to come to our company and say, look, we'd like to acquire you, and for you to say, Not yet. We're on such a good trajectory that we're going to hold off a little bit on that, but thank you. In my last question, you described a little bit external control arms for (laughs) clinical trials and the importance of those, especially in diseases like cancer. Can you let our listeners know a little bit about why our increased access to data by 300% is such a big deal in terms of what it is that we're trying to do in the oncology space.
1: Sure, in working with life science companies and the FDA, it's become increasingly clear to us that the number of patients in a particular data set is really important, but more important probably is the diversity of the data set and it has to represent patients in the real world. And I'm proud to say today that our data set does do that. So it increases the value of that data set because you now have a complete picture of patients for clinical trials.
0: Before we close out our little chat this afternoon, I want to talk just briefly about our work with providers and how provider centric we are. I know that Dr. Lenny Kalman, the Chief Medical Officer of the Miami Cancer Institute, just joined CODA's board of directors. And Dr. Kalman has talked a lot about the analytics products that the Miami Cancer Institute and CODA are co-developing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that work?
1: Yeah, I come from the provider space, right? I used to run hospitals. I was not very effective at doing that, so I had to leave. But I believe in the mission of healthcare providers everywhere. And I believe that organizations like CODA and others have the ability to enhance the patient journey. Part of being able to enhance the patient journey is to be able to provide analytics and data at the point of care to allow clinicians to make better decisions for that patient. So we have developed real-world analytics tools that Dr. Kalman has been working with us hand in glove for a number of years. So when Dr. Kalman raised his hand and said, we would love to work with you and help continue to refine and improve our RWA tool, we said we would love to. So not only did he help us do that, but the leadership of Baptist, which is the parent of Miami Cancer Institute, decided that they really liked our approach so much they invested a significant amount of money in our Series D round. So Lenny Kalman is going to be joining our board, which we're really excited about. He's a New Yorker, so he's now based in Florida, but we have an excuse for him to come to New York every once in a while or Boston, and we're looking forward to him joining us.
0: Wonderful. You mentioned the fact that the order in which drugs are given is so important. And I'm just reminded about, and then the genomics data, how cancer is just increasingly complex. It's not going to get any simpler. It's only going to get more and more complex. And so the importance of these analytics tools to help break that complexity down is so important. Yeah. If you think about it, you think about
1: variants doing, they also have their own electronic health record. So in working with Verion going forward, we can help them fine tune and create the ability to enter data by physicians at the point of care that's going to greatly allow us to analyze data and improve data for the patient journey, right? So there's so many things that we can do together. Going forward, I just can't wait till we start doing this aggressively, which we'll start rolling out over here in the next quarter or two. But there's so many things that we can do together to really improve the patient journey. We're just really excited about
0: it. And that's the holy grail and where that data at the point of care gets entered so that it can be used in smart ways down yeah. the patient journey.
1: The government did a fabulous job of creating electronic health records. Okay, we have electronic health records, right? 70% of the data, maybe 75% of the data is in something called unstructured fields, which are doctor's notes, nurse's notes, those sorts of things. 25% to 30% are in structured data sets. Now, that structured data is a lot easier to use artificial intelligence and natural language processing and other ways of retrieving data looking at unstructured data is a lot more difficult, right? So if we can help guide clinicians at the point of care to help us enter information that is easier to abstract, it just simplifies and enhances the entire process for everybody down the road. So the point of my story is we have, I don't even know how many terabytes, gigabytes, giant bytes, whatever it is of data that never sees the light of day in electronic health records because it's all in unstructured data. So that's how we start talking about applying artificial intelligence, NLP machine algorithms and that sort of thing. And we're doing that today, but the unstructured data set is hard to do that in cancer because the data set changes so fast all the time. And the way that natural language processing works, it works on a static database, it learns what things are, and then it can actually help you go through records faster. That doesn't work so well in a data set that changes all the time and new data elements are started all the time. So that's why it has to be a collaborative effort between the point of care, the physician, the data scientist, the researchers, and life science and other folks in
0: the ecosystem. All the more important to have a physician like Dr. Coleman on the board. Mike. I know you're a busy man. I'll have one more quick question for you. You alluded to this in our last question. Give me some concrete things that we can expect to see from CODA in 2021.
1: Emily, I think you'll see more of the same. We'll continue to improve and get better. I think you'll hear about us more. We're ready to actually go out and talk about some of the things that we're doing, which we think the world deserves to hear about. The other thing I'm really super excited about is we have actually been working with life science companies and our data is now being used for regulatory filings for clinical drug discovery with the FDA. And we're in two of them now. We expect we'll be in another five. And I think our data in 21, I believe that you will hear about CODA's data and certain subsets of cancer disease as being a data set that was used in the approval of a particular drug regimen for oncology patients. It doesn't get better than that, Emily. I mean, that is really the core of what we do and we're super excited about it.
0: Wonderful. I'll let us all sign off here from Brooklyn, New York. And I think you're dialing in from Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Thank you so much for joining us. I wanna wish our listeners a happy holiday season and a happy new year. And we here at CODA, Mike and myself and the entire team, look forward to seeing you in 2021. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Real World Talk. For more episodes and to understand how we can all bring clarity to cancer care using real world data, please visit us at CodaHealthcare.com. We look forward to having you next time on Real World Talk.